I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Keeping you entertained on your lunch break on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Talking some Texas Tech basketball, taking a, beating BYU after a 17-point comeback at home. Last week, you also fell to number five, Houston, on the road. So the question is, Josh, where do we think they ended up in the top 25 poll? They were number 25 yep. a week ago today. Have you seen yet? I have not seen. Okay, take a guesstimation. Uh, I I probably wouldn't guess. It's they're probably still. They are at, still ranked. Okay. I will tell you that they are still ranked. I, I they probably stayed at twenty five. I guess. I have would you, guess. Have you seen? You see? Okay, so I can't ask Len, but if you had to guess before you looked, if I were to have guessed before I saw, I yes. I actually thought kind of the same thing. I thought they'd stay twenty four, twenty five ish. Yeah, my my only my only like improving on that would be 24, 24, 25, but I'm gonna, I would guess they stay the same. This morning when we got asked the question, where do we think they're going to land? Sure. I said 22. Wow. Okay. Is where I thought. Well, guess what, folks? We were all wrong. USA Today coaches poll is out. They are sitting at number 21. Wow. And apparently they weren't ranked in the coaches poll last week because they've got the nice little NR next to their name. Mm-hmm. Um, the other poll has Texas Tech sitting at 20th now. After last week's extravaganza of a split against the number five team and the number 20 team. How about that? This week, we get Oklahoma on the schedule and the Sooners, as I scroll up, are ranked 13th. How much did all of the other Big 12 teams that lost fall? Man, why are you going to ask me a difficult question? Like, Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't need to know how much sure, 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 sure. just where they're at. Uh, Kansas now at eight. They're down four spots okay. in USA Today. Uh, uh, Houston was? up a spot, up to number four. Okay. Baylor down five spots to number 14. Iowa State up two to 18. BYU flat. So them losing on the road to us didn't really hurt them yeah. when you factor in who they played earlier in the week, which I, off the top of my head, I don't know. Uh, and that and Tech up, obviously, right. up four spots to 21. So they, Very oh, good. Did I get Iowa State up two spots? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. So it's now uh, a uh, cavalcade of Big 12 ranked schools, as we all know it always is. I think I saw a graphic that it was – these are made up numbers in my head because they're probably not accurate, but it was like one, two or three teams from the other conferences and at like three at most in the top 25. And there was like eight or nine uh, big 12 teams. Yeah. The... Last week there was eight in the AP top 25 in the yeah. big 12, which was a very, very dominant number from conference to conference. Absolutely. It's like we're a good basketball conference or something. How about that? Who knew? Okay, speaking of uh, conferences, conference championship games have been set for the AFC and NFC. Uh, which game you want to go? Which games do you want to go to first, Josh? Uh, we're talking about this past weekend. This past weekend, yeah. Um, 
Clint wants to go somewhere specifically. I, I wonder where he wants him. to go. I asked um, you. I let's cover the Texans game first because I don't have a ton to say about this one. I watched the first half and then Good I half. didn't. Yeah. If you're gonna watch one, that's the one to watch. Yeah, and then the score did not align with what I saw. No. So uh there was that. Um It it looked to me in that game that uh, in the second half Baltimore just went, Oh yeah. We're Baltimore. <laughs> we are the number one seed for a reason. And the Texans kind of went, oh, yeah, that's Baltimore over there. And I'm not saying that they were starstruck. Don't get me sure. wrong. Or that they were afraid. But it would, the level of talent that is on one team compared to the other really showcased in the mm. second half. And what Baltimore was able to do offensively and defensively for that game. They shut out C.J. Stroud and the rest of the Texans offense in the second half. And it wasn't that close. So uh, give credit to where credit's due. Baltimore uh, taking into the AFC Championship game. Uh, and congratulations to the Texans. Like, there's no shame in where they got this year. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as a first-year head coach and a, a rookie quarterback, I, I don't know that you can be much happier with how you got. Good stuff. Next game you like. Uh, Tampa Bay Lions. I... Tampa Bay and Lions. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, they played each other. That, yeah. That does They've help. teamed up. <laughs> they are now. Oh, good Lord. Merged. Hang on. Who gets Baker? Because that's what we need to know now. Who gets Baker in that instance? Does Tampa Bay get stuck with Baker? Or is he looking for a job? You know, I well, Todd Bowles today was pretty pumped with what Baker Mayfield did on the field this season. And if, I'll be honest, if I was a Bucks fan, as much as I hate on Baker Mayfield, he's going to stick around for a little bit. He is. I don't think it's a bad thing for them either. I mean, if you have better options, great, but there's not many out there. There's not many better options with better than how he played the latter part of the season. Well, and like what they were trying to find, I mean, they, they were just trying to find a guy, you know, uh, to compete. And he ends up winning the job from going from like the, the, like the pictures with the lion or not the lions, the Panthers just, Hey, we don't have anyone as a defensive lineman. Baker Mayfield, can you line up out there just for like a practice? Like that's what was yeah. going on last year in a mess of an organization. Um, and to now where, you know, he's got a playoff win um, and the offense looked good. They won the division. That division doesn't look like it's going to get any better next year to no. me. It, it, well, unless the draft goes crazy. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think he has, however you want to put it, quote unquote, found a home. For a little bit um and i think they're comfortable with who they have now he could move forward and he could absolutely suck true i'm not saying he was just the best quarterback of all time this year but good enough to win games i i think what stuck out st- stood out to me in this game and give credit where credit's due lions absolutely up it was it looked like tampa bay was going to win this game and then the lions took over is how I would describe it. And that, that Lions defense is very, very good. Uh, Jared Goff going to get a lot of credit for what they do offensively, and he should. But uh, that's a good defense that the Lions are bringing up. And it, it shouldn't shock anybody that they got the pick to end it because uh, that's kind of how they've been playing all year. I am very interested to see how this carries over to San Francisco next week because what we have seen from the Lions, much like a lot of the teams in the NFL this year, Really, really good at home. Questions on the road. And San Francisco is the same way, except they are playing at home. So how that shakes out for uh, the NFC Championship game on Sunday night is uh, 
yet to be determined and interested in looking at. Next. Um, well, I mean, since you kind of went le- led into it, the 49ers didn't look unbeatable. No. And the Lions, I think, have a good shot lining up against them because the Packers gave the 49ers all they could. And this was, you know, a surprise, maybe not surprise, but this was a not a guaranteed playoff spot. They won it week 17. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, obviously blew out the Cowboys, but they. Uh, Why are you going to bring that? Well, I think if, you did. if someone's going is. to, I my team losing is probably an appropriate place. Mm. Um, you know, I think they're going to have a better game on their hands going up against the Lions. Yeah, I, we talked about this last week uh, going into this game that we could absolutely see the 49ers not making it this far. Uh, and then they did. They took care of business against the Packers. And they're not like... We look at Baltimore as probably the best team in the NFL. We're not necessarily saying that about the San Francisco 49ers being the best team in the NFC. They're a good team. They're the top seed in the NFC, yep. but they're so the 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 top is so cluttered that it's not as case in point. This is the best team that you're going to face today. This is the best team in this division or the best team, I'm sorry, in this conference that you're going to have to go through. You're going to have to go through San Francisco, but it's a little different mindset going into that. And it's that might be the better game of the two this weekend as we get to the NFC Championship game versus the AFC Championship game. I think it depends on what you want to see because I do think that it's the score of the Lions 49ers is not going to be as high as Baltimore and uh, Kansas City. I think that one's going to be a shootout. Well, should we let him talk about Kansas City? Yeah, I guess. What did you enjoy from your Chiefs? Wide right. Oh, from the Chiefs. Uh, no, Dude. I. Dude. It was left. Our our Thanks. boss is still could be listening. He's not on yet. Uh, yeah, and that's a dirty phrase for no, him, I'm no matter what. Right. No, I. What I. That's cold. What I. What I really enjoyed, um, as someone who's anxiously watched this offense this year. Um, which is very strange from what we've been used to since Patrick Mahomes has taken over, mm-hmm. was like the ability to be explosive, um, the ability to have a play that can completely shift the field where you get a, a chunk of 20, 25, 30. Um, is it still like what, what the Chiefs have been the past couple of years? No, but you've seen strides over uh, the win against Miami. Still some issues, sure. This win, still some issues, sure. But they're looking more and more like what you expect out of the offense. And jo- by the way, Patrick Mahomes is special. Shocker. Yeah, yeah, who knew? Uh, Josh has got an interesting idea that we're going to discuss next about the NFL on the bottom line on 100.7, the score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7, the score. Thirty-one minutes for your lunch hour on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff in for choice and alongside Josh is in for Schneed and Clint Scott back where he belongs sliding slides and pushing buttons for the show as he does on the program. Josh, you came up with an interesting idea of uh, these aren't necessarily sports rules 
or NFL rules, but NFL rulings that you may want to change. Yeah. So I'll kind of let you set this up since it's kind of your baby. Sure. This is just an idea I had because, and I've, when I presented this to you, this was, I said, I have long thought, but that's not true. I've thought about this once before. I do think it's a good idea, but it came up again uh, during the Tampa Bay game. And it was off of a tip. And that made me think, because like, if people are going to try to get an idea of the game by watching highlights, by watching, you know, by by reading stat sheets, that kind of trying to get a complete picture of the game, interceptions don't really always tell the story of the game. It's still up to the defense to catch tips, but tips themselves aren't on the quarterback. Like, I, I, they're not always on the quarterback. So my thought was, should errors be added to stat sheets? This would go wild in the NFLPA because quarterbacks could benefit from this. Quarterbacks would benefit from this, but every other player would not. Receivers, if they had errors on their stat sheets, that would, you know, lessen their power in contract negotiations. But quarterbacks interception percentage dropping that would heighten their uh i guess you could argue would heighten their negotiating power during contracts so should errors be added to nfl stat sheets so when you first said this and i started thinking about it my first initial thought was well they kind of already are they're in the turnover category Mm -hmm. For across the board, you know, fumbles, interceptions, yeah, yeah. they're already there. And then you kind of did the, that short ex- explanation that you did. And I got to thinking about it some more. So, and my comparison is, you know, in baseball, a drop uh, is an error, right? That sure. player's label, like player has an error on there. So that's just like the, the quickest equivalent I could come up with. The The one that jumped out to me in a comparison is the... Wild pitch versus passed ball yep. comparison. And, you know, wild pitch, catcher had no shot at catching this ball. The pitcher hit the bull. Um, that's a wild pitch. When it shoots through the catcher's legs or within his a, a legitimate uh, chance at it, it be, you know becomes the passed ball. Sure. And that's kind of where you kind of want to put this interception slash error is if the ball was tipped, that's on the quarterback. He didn't throw it high enough. If it's touched by the receiver and tipped, I guess I'm thinking tipped at the line of scrimmage. Okay, gotcha. Uh, if it's tipped at the line of scrimmage, that's on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. If it's tipped by the defensive back, who's that on? Is that on the receiver for not being in the right position? No, I think or it's the quarterback a, for not making the right that's play. That's probably a quarterback. Okay. So if the Those receiver are, yeah. tips it, then the error and it gets intercepted, then the error goes to the receiver. Does the quarterback still get an interception? Or do we are we eliminating that from the quarterback? Well, stat? I don't I don't think interceptions are eliminated. A quarterback, like if if a defensive player makes a play, that's just an interception. And I haven't like thought about this long and hard. This is just something that right, came to is, mind. And stuff. we're just so, having a conversation. Yeah. So uh, my line of thinking is, you're, if I think you can tell, and stat sheets are probably reviewed at different points in time. But oh, if, if on the field you look at it and you're like, that was you know, like 
oh, that was a, that was just a good play, or is like, oh, that was you know very obvious. Like the receiver went up, tipped it, it goes flying up in the air. Like that's you know you could probably label that as an as an error on the receiver, something like that. You it there are a lot of explanations in baseball for how errors get determined. Like there, there's an official score at each baseball game that makes those decisions. I am, would imagine that there would have to be an official score in the NFL as well. Yeah, probably. And the, the question I guess I would have for that, and I'm not shooting this idea down. I'm just pointing some questions out with that official score. If they label the tackle to somebody who didn't make the tackle, Mm-hmm. or the sack, or whatever, how much does that get scrutinized versus what we already have now, where a lot of teams will go back and rewatch tape or, or the film or whatever they're watching, right? And it's, okay, well, he actually did have 14 tackles in this game instead of the 12 that he was credited with. They missed this tackle, and they missed this tackle, we think, because it was a bad camera angle, it was from the side, whatever whatever the, the case may be, or maybe we give him a half a tackle here where because there were two guys that hit there at the same time as opposed to the the stat sheet gave this guy a call. So I, I don't know where that line gets drawn. So yeah, so if you get an official yeah, in this conversation in, in this conversation, it's just like if it's uh it's snowballing basically. Like if, if yeah. we do this, then we it's opening more doors, I guess. Which I I could see. Uh, I I don't know that I have a ton of concern about that. No, it's just an idea. Yeah. Like let, let's make this clear: we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. We're just having a conversation, and conversations sometimes lead to bigger and better ideas. And sometimes they we figure out why it's not a great idea. Yeah. Um, the the other aspects that you might run into with this is. Well, I guess this is kind of already done because you've got the holding calls on both the offense and the defense on the for the defensive lines, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got the snaps. D- do those become errors as opposed to just penalties? For like, do you want to change how those are ruled in this vein, where it goes on the offensive lineman if they commit an error if they fall start? Doesn't it already? Well, it's just a flat. Like they get penalized, they uh-huh. get x amount of penalties on their 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 tick. I guess is the way to put it. But I don't know that it's actually in the box score. It's on the well, the players. So this this sheet. is, I guess, there's a difference between like pro football focus stats and official NFL stats, right? Like, I mean, because pro football focus, you could probably find you could probably find this number on pro football focus, like how many receiver tips or whatever. I don't know if that's true. Oh yeah, but- that's where I mean, you go and you pull like, oh the. The Chiefs are leading the league in drops this year. Yeah, not an official stat. Yeah, true. Sure feels like. While they said it, it should be. (laughs) And let me say, if this rule ever did come to effect, can we call it the Kadarius Tony rule? But yeah, like yeah, yeah, like pro football focus had like places like that have these kinds of numbers for those. But another way that I could see this benefiting is if the NFL is trying to pull in more fans. I think this makes it more exciting. Like, I think this, especially if you're trying to pull in fans from other fan bases, something that baseball fans can get behind is errors just because they understand it. The casual fan, I think the the more casual fan would understand, uh, it would probably take some explanation, but there's a lot of things in the NFL that do. And uh, not putting everything on the quarterback 
could make for a more interesting storyline. It was like, well, why does this receiver lot it as the best when they lead the league in, you know, receiver tips? Because uh, we already count drops is like, it's, it's kind of something that we already look at. Tips could be just as bad. Or good. See, I was with you right up until the end there. Um, and this isn't your fault. Um, but the... The, the bringing in the more casual fans, bringing the baseball fans to football fans. Football's got a lot of fans. Yeah. Like, there's there's exponentially more football fans than baseball fans. If they're going after the baseball audience, they're in trouble because the, they've already most, mostly got them. <laughs> um, let's, let's just go ahead and throw that out there now. Uh, I don't know anybody that likes baseball that also doesn't like football to some degree right. and, and pay attention to it. And the second part that really got me in there was that baseball fans understand errors. Mm. All right. <laughs> I'm not sure everybody understands errors. Well, understand either that, in baseball. They understand there is errors, I guess, even if it's not like a... Even some official scorers might have some questions about sure. whether it's an error or not. But, uh, I mean, it's an interesting idea. It's it's worthy of a conversation. And this is the time of year you start having these conversations. Yeah. Some idiot is going to hear this conversation and think that we're morons. <laughs> yes, we are. Somebody else might hear this conversation. It spurs a different idea. And that person may actually have somebody that listens to them. So go forth and conquer with whatever idea you may or may not have. Coming up, Kaylee's dailies and thoughts from you guys off the Yates Flooring Center chat line about how maybe you would change how rulings are done in the NFL. It's coming up on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Bringing you the truth, or something like the truth. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Rolling through your afternoon on the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Jeff in for choicing alongside now Jamie Lint and Clint Scott back in his position as he normally should be so it's almost the full show back together jamie i know you're excited always excited you just got to get rid of the loudmouth next to you and bring in the camo bearing guy and you'll be at full strength you're gonna stop with camel bear which would also accurate, also but, accurate yeah. in that regard uh traffic alert for off the eighth flooring center chat line avoid erskine avenue with a major gas leak so uh, Erskine, good. stay away from Erskine. I don't know where on Erskine, but uh, just the whole street, like north to south, completely ignore it. Doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Good luck to everyone involved there. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Jamie, it's fair to say that uh, I'm not a glass half full guy. I don't know that I'm just like a pessimist all the time. I've been accused of it, but I'm not a glass half full guy all the time. It might just be there. We all agree that it's not full at some points is where I like to think I am. But this is one of those situations where I feel like I'm a glass half full guy and looking on the positive side of things. Okay. One is a very small number, but you are one win away this season (laughs) at 15 right now. From equaling equaling last year's season total. And that makes me happy. 
the problem is that's really twofold, right? It's partly about you playing well this year, but it's also how badly you partly played last you, year. How bad you were last year, right? But in order to improve and to have marked improvement and uh, noticeable improvement, other than just you know watching the games and seeing how much this team is playing better together and how the coaching really seems to have. Uh, enhanced what these guys are doing it is a quick and easy way to look at last year for the entire season you had 16 wins and you got 15 right now Mm -hmm. with what feels like almost all of big 12 play to come yeah starting what what was it oh and eight in conference play yeah that'll help yeah, because that, you, you, that you got plenty of wins in non-conference just the oh and eight start really yeah, that, nine that. and one wasn't a like whole lot you, of fun. You go like a whole month without winning a game. <laughs> it's hard to rack up a lot of a lot of wins. Like, we're just gonna take this month off, the month of January, and I think also half of February at that point too, because I think you had a bye week in there too somewhere. Um, a lot of good. St- uh, you and I, 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 I told the story of the text message I sent you, and then your reply from this weekend with our our split duties for the mobile alerts that. Early on, it looked like you had a much better game that you were watching for the women's game. It looked like it was a, a kind of a four-point going back and forth that might get opened up a little bit, and it closed the gap for the first half. And and then it turned while the men's game opened up at one point to 17 points, and then it turned. But then it never turned back for the Red Raiders as they go on to overcome the uh, deficit that the BYU shooters kind of put them in uh, before the first half was over. Yeah, and that's a situation, right, where you you got to compliment the Red Raiders and just kind of staying with it, right? Oh, sure. Um, and hoping, and I'm sure Coach McCaslin was saying to his guys, hey, they, they can't shoot this hot the whole time. Let's make sure we're closing out. Let's make sure we're defending the perimeter. Let's cutting off dribble penetration and then, and then the kickouts and all that good stuff. But they can't keep shooting this hot. And sure enough, things, things leveled out with a, you know, after being – on fire from three point range in the first half, shooting fifty percent. It dropped off dramatically uh at fifteen point eight percent in the second half. Yeah, it just kind of felt like um you know, and you were better. You were much better offensively in the second half too. So um defensively you did a better job. They probably helped you a little. And then offensively you were a much better team in the second half. So Again, you you love the way that that the team has shown it really a few times this season. I mean, just go back to the Kansas State game where it was it was just ugly, and somehow you walk out of there with a win. And this one, I wouldn't say it was ugly. I think this one was prettier um, because you played such good basketball in the second half, but you also had a a first half that wasn't your best. Yeah, it, you, it takes. But I want to a... give BYU more credit than I want to give blame to the Red Raiders. Sure, but. You still you don't get to a seventeen point deficit without a little help from both teams. Sure, like that's kind of how that you, you a four o a six o eight o run those happen in college in basketball. Right. Seventeen points is somebody's got to not be shooting very well th- for an entire stretch of a game in order for that to happen, mm-hmm. and that's not just a, a quick two minute problem, four minute problem media timeout to media timeout. That's a, an extended period of time. But give credit where credit's due, as you said, that you were able to turn it around and we're able mm-hmm. to continue fighting. Because yeah, a lot of times you'll just see, okay, we're just going to 
you know, we're just going to back off here. It's just not our day, whatever. And you never put any pressure on BYU and it, and it stays easy for them. But, um, and, and I think playing at home probably helped that a lot too. Cause once you got rolling a little bit that the atmosphere just became phenomenal. Uh, so you have to figure that that factored in as well. What jumped out for you for the women's game as you were watching attentively as the game progressed through? It to me watching from afar, it kind of looked like just a a collapse in the second half would be how I would describe it. Yeah, I I don't think right now this team looks like they have the fight that the men's basketball team has. I'll say that, and I think the biggest problem is. I mean, you gave up 60 points. That's that's not a terrible number, right? Right. The biggest problem is you need a third score, okay? And you have two really good sophomores and, and Jasmine Shavers and Bailey Maupin that are giving you double figures almost every single night. And then there's just beyond that, there's just no consistency whatsoever. A girl here or there will score into double figures. Freelon might get to eight, whatever, on a consistent basis, but... You're just there's just no consistency with anybody else. It's hard to win games when you've only got two consistent scores. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of it too, with as young as they are at those, I don't want to say key positions, but prominent positions uh, of where your your scoring is coming from, that the home road swing is so massive for those girls that it's two different teams almost when they're playing at home versus when they're on the road. And I, I know they got beat bad by Texas, but it's still a, it you feels like you've got a puncher's chance at home, no matter what, even in, in those games. But it feels like on the road, it's a, you, you're down by 10 when you walk in the door. Yeah. It's really weird because it's not as if, I mean, if we're being honest, it's not as if that ladies, lady Raiders have some massive home court advantage like the red Raiders. have, Right. But there's a comfort level, I guess. That, yeah, sure, that, sure. And a familiarity that you've got when you're playing at home that those girls can really capitalize on. We just got to figure out a way to take it on the road with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I think there's some talent there. I mean, obviously they need more. Uh, it just looked like on Saturday there just wasn't a lot of fight to come back. Well, they get a chance to do it on, against Houston on Wednesday at the USA. You'll have it over on 107.7 Yes FM. You also hear from the head coach tonight at 6 on Double T 97.3 with Lady Raider basketball with Krista Gerlich. This is the bottom line on 100.7 The Score. Bringing you the truth or something like the truth, this is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Jeff in for choice, sitting alongside Jamie and Clint. This is the bottom line on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. Uh, I am sitting alongside a Bills fan and across from a Chiefs fan. So I'm going to say this to the Chiefs fans specifically. We are not discussing where the kick went. It missed. Okay. Say it missed. It missed. Missed. Why missed. Why are we doing this exercise? Because there are phrases in the sports lexicon mm-hmm. that are hurtful to fan bases. And some of those wounds never truly heal. The catch for Cowboys fans goes up there. I would say the drive for Browns fans 
goes up there. And what happened yesterday, when I heard it on the call, absolutely made me think of this for for Bills fans. So we're just going to say he missed the kick. And kind of like over-focusing on not saying it, kind of point at it a little bit. Ding, 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 sure. ding, ding, ding. But we're not bringing up the sore wound. Because it, it's a multiple-layered wound. Jamie can handle a loss. I've seen him do it. I've done it. Clint has done it. However. Could we just talk was, about the game? It was the best game of the day. <laughs> it's like it, Jamie's out for, like, he's, he murdered someone. He's been in jail. He's out and was, like, seeing his family for the first time. He's like, no one bring up that murder thing. And was being so awkward about it. That's not the, the goal. We just don't need to hear it. Jamie doesn't need to hear. We all know where the kick went. And as a non-Bills fan, that hurt when I saw somebody say that. It, it doesn't matter if it missed left, right, it hit the goalpost. It, I mean, on, to be completely honest with you, if it had gone in, my confidence level of the Bills winning the game was at about 5% because you were leaving Mahomes and the Chiefs with two timeouts, a minute 50-ish, and... They just needed a field goal. So, I mean, the moment you didn't get the first down on third down, it felt like, okay, this this we know how this is going to end. It's going to end with uh, the Chiefs kicking a field goal to win it. Now, if you had scored the touchdown a couple plays earlier, then maybe you give yourself a little bit better chance. But even in that regard, you still give Mahomes, eh, it would have been a little bit more time, right? But anyway... Mm-hmm. Now, actually, actually, if you make the field goal, it's like a minute 30 or something. But if, if you score on the, on the play right after right after the two-minute um, warning where Allen underthrows the receiver a little bit there in the end zone, then, I mean, it just feels like Patrick's got a minute 50 and two timeouts, and we know it's going to happen. So still, We, we still, do because we not, see what Patrick can do. But if I were to ask the Chiefs fan in there with how his receivers have been dropping passes all season long, does he feel just super uber confident in a two-minute drill at that point? I had an immense amount of confidence in Patrick Mahomes and the way they were playing in that game offensively. And I thought they got the McCole Hardman garbage out of their system so they wouldn't make that mistake again if they got in the red zone. I'll be completely honest. No, it just true. felt like we've seen this story. My, I have, my confidence level was just like Clint's. Yeah. For the same team, though. Yeah. Like, like the, but... but <laughs> About Mahomes and the Chiefs sure. moving down the field and scoring a touchdown. I got this is this is not like trash. Like I feel like Jamie and I have viewed this the same way. We've watched this like these two teams play this story where if it works out one way in the regular season, you get to the playoff and it just feels like Patrick Mahomes has kind of turned inevitable. Yeah, and, really and that's what it felt like. It really doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. We just know when it gets to the postseason the Chiefs win. Yeah. That's just the way okay. it is. Yeah, sure. Whether the sure. Chiefs or the Bills sure. win in the regular season, the Chiefs win in the postseason. That's how it works. Well, as you've said many times, expect the worst, hope for something a little bit better. And uh, I, I did feel sorry for you yet last night when it happened. Be- because you're a fan, and I wanted people to feel I, sorry for me when the Cowboys lost. Just Cowboy stop with the pity already, I'm, okay? It's bad. sports, man. It it's is. sports. Speaking I am of- not going to jump off a bridge. It is no, sports. This is a safe place, losses. Jamie. You Do have I a, look you... so insecure and unstable that I'm going to lose it because my football team lost a game? Jamie, you have so many friends in the building. <laughs> <laughs> I think... 
Well, well he could jump off our roof. It's I, only a one-story building. So, it, I mean, it would hurt, but he could walk away eventually. I guess I should say thank you for feeling pity for me, but it also is somewhat embarrassing for me. Well, I don't want you to be embarrassed. He <laughs> just um, seemed very fragile. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, the little teapot Okay, that's cracking. his word, not mine. <laughs> Um, in fact, as a matter of fact, embarrassed shouldn't be the way you describe any of the four games this weekend. Like, the Texans shouldn't be embarrassed about their performance. Oh, they had a great first half in that game. Yeah, well, and also just the the run that they went on this season. I mean, that's a team that we all look at right now and go, man, they're going to be fun over the next few years. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're a Texans fan, I think you still got to be, although you're disappointed they lost and didn't pull off the upset, you got to be just on cloud nine right now where your team is. Oh, sure. First-year head coach, first-year quarterback. Uh, getting to the second round of the NFL playoffs is no small feat for any team in any year, especially teams that didn't make it this far. This should have. Mm. Green Bay even had a good season with what they had and, and, and gave San Francisco a really good game. Yeah, I think coming into the season, we all were like, okay, now it's Jordan Love's turn. We'll see. Not super impressed. And then all of a sudden, the end of the season happens, and you see what he did the other day. Although that may have been the dumbest pass um, I've ever seen uh, for the turnover Ooh. to end the game there. Um, it was Dumb, high up there. Dumbest pass I've ever seen in a game. Uh, probably matches the one Tyler Shuck tried to throw at the Oregon guy who was running at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the dodgeball throw. The dodgeball throw, that's <laughs> he up there. You can't catch it if it's right in his face. Um, that's my theory. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I mean, what is Love doing, man? He's rolling way right. I mean, he's off balance. I mean, he might as well have tossed it under. And I, I, I mean, into triple coverage. And the guy was d completely covered even before he released it. I didn't realize. I, it looked like a bad throw, like watching it um, while it was happening. But when they went to the slow motion yes, replay, yes. and the best part is the description behind it when you have Aikman saying like this is something he knew he needed to cut down on bad decision and there's three guys and it's like yeah where are you throwing that ball you Throw hardly it could, away you hardly could see the receiver yeah I didn't know there was a Packer <laughs> over there <laughs> but anyway back to my main point was that now you're looking at him and going okay I mean he looks like he's a franchise quarterback looks like this guy can can do some good things so I, I think Packer fans have to be excited sure and Tampa Bay feels like they've got their quarterback now with Baker Mayfield, as shocking as that is to say out loud. Good luck with that. Um, and obviously the, the they'll line... Get, they'll get sick of him, too. You know they will. Well, sure, but they've got at least another year before that happens now because they're riding high after what he was able to do this year. Sure. And, and we, were, we talked earlier how it's kind of a surprise that Baker has found a home with how his career has gone in the past year. Uh -huh. Like last year, he was on like four teams and all four of them missed the playoffs. Because of what happened with what he was doing, and or at least you could point to what he did with the teams that those four teams missed the playoffs, and then to get Tampa Bay to the playoffs, and not only get where they are, but then got one game away from the NFC Championship game, and had a pretty good shot to beat the Lions until the Lions kind of just turned it around at the end of the game, which that that game was back and forth too. A really a good group of four games for a non-super-duper-named weekend sports weekend for the football teams. Yeah, here's the thing, Jeff. You don't need a, a super-duper name uh, to have a good weekend of sports. I've heard that rumor. Yeah. I've, I've heard that um, rumor. Yeah, I thought the, the games were really good. Obviously, the last three were the best three, um, but even the, the Texans and 
and Ravens was fun for a little while there. So it might have had the best first half of any of the group involved for yeah. as close as it was. But you, I mean, to a certain degree, you expect that with the NFL, right? Because with the NFL, unlike college football's playoff, you can get to the playoff and teams because of the strength of schedule and all that. There are teams that are way, way better than others. But the NFL, I mean, it, it seems like you get there and you get, you know, quality teams, really good teams. And so sure. there's not usually blowouts. Yeah, and it the um, what you have to do most seasons, there are exceptions to the rule, but most seasons to get into the playoff in the NFL, you've got to be one of the best teams. You don't have a stinker team year in and year out, just kind of wiggle its way in and make it. It has happened from the NFC East and some other divisions, but even then, you're allowed to win when the playoffs happen. Go ask Eli Manning how that happens. You can be the worst team going into the playoffs and walk out with a Super Bowl trophy. You can ask like the Saints and the Beast Quake about that. Where a team, oh, they got into the playoff? <laughs> Not even a winning record and then all-time playoff moment? Uh, this off the H. Lawrence Center chat line. There's only one team I care about, so here you go. It's wide right. So one person isn't treating you with kid gloves today, Jamie. It makes you feel better. <laughs> Thank you. Coming up, bottom line rolling on. Three things Red Raider baseball fans need to know for the upcoming season. It's on 100.7, the score. Getting to the point, but taking the scenic route to get there. This is the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7, the score. Jeff in for choice. Jamie in for Jamie. Clint in for Clint. Two-thirds of the normal bottom line is here as we roll through your afternoon on 100.7 The Score, 107thescore.com, and the 100.7 The Score mobile app. However, though, Jamie, while the, the normal host isn't here today because he's going to be on Tech Talk later, um, I've done this show more than he has. So maybe he's going to be filling in for me next week. Maybe so. I mean, that might have to be how this goes for a while. Maybe this. Maybe so. Like, even through this week, like on Friday after we get done, mm-hmm. I will still have hosted this show more than uh, Clint, uh, than Choice has. So, uh, something to think about for Mr. Wood. Well, if we could just get everybody healthy again, which seems like we An just are just like everybody else in Lubbock right now have had it going through. And I don't think we're the only ones. And then we get everybody to show up on time. Seems to be a struggle of late. Um, then... We'll have our shows back together. Yeah, and but the whole new lineup will all be in all place all day long for a couple of days. It might be weird. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> if it helps, my bathroom uh, looks like the trailer from Breaking Bad. So if we need oh, any God. help, you know, <laughs> have to hook up. Clint, it's not a mental picture I wanted. I appreciate that though. Lots of drugs. All the drugs. Lots of drugs <laughs> and one. lots of uh, stacks of money too. Yes, mm-hmm. that too. Uh-huh. Stop. Uh-huh. That's the end of the description. We don't need any more further of what you may or may not be wearing in said bathroom with all of the drugs, okay? Just stop. Okay. Yeah. All right. They work, whatever. I'm just saying. We are glad you're back, though, Clint. Some drugs are good. <laughs> Some... <laughs> I mean, if it's that, prescribed medicine... You, you do realize that that's going to get clipped, they right? They help. <laughs> They help, right? They do. Yeah. Hey, the guy in the corner gave me the prescription. It's it's got to be good, right? If a <laughs> guy wearing a white jacket prescribes it for you, then it's probably good. 
That's why I always keep a white jacket on hand in the apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... I've got crappy handwriting, too, so it's perfect. Hey, nobody can touch my crappy handwriting in this building, okay? Nobody. Uh, Jamie, baseball season very, very close. Very, very close. February 16th, uh, first game. Those games start off in Arlington. I've got three things that Red Raider fans need to know before the start of the season. And I asked you to come up with three as well. I don't know if you did. I imagine that you have some because you're like smart like that. I actually had to figure mine out. I will be the first to admit that your three, if you have three, are already better than mine. Because I'm looking at this from the 30,000-foot view for the upcoming season. So I'm going to go first and get the bad ones out of the way. All right. Did Clint have to do this exercise too? I mean, he could have. I didn't force him to. Mm -hmm. Number one. And I feel like this is like the number one with a bullet that the the average Red Raider fan is going to need to know. Texas Tech versus Texas, Dan Law Field, March 8th, 9th, and 10th. By the way, also your Big 12 opener. This is the last time the Longhorns are going to be here for a while. I do imagine the baseball series has a better chance of being rekindled after they leave the conference because you're always looking for RPI bumps that are easy to get to. But I don't know that it will be a home and home when that happens. It'll yeah. be in Arlington. It'll be a Houston. It'll be a San Antonio type I trip. Bet, I bet you, you see the Red Raiders and Longhorns playing in, in Arlington. Yep. yep. Number two, and this wasn't the way I set this up, but it's kind of the way it worked. May 5th is your last home game. So this is going to be a season where. Until regionals. Well, until regional, but we do, we are not counting any regionals yet. Why not? Be, because I'm not Chuck Hines and don't count any chickens. Glass half I, full guy. I am, but regionals is hard, and you may go to one, but you might not host. We're getting there. Your last home game is so early this year; it feels like, and it doesn't. I think your last week on the road, and then you got a road trip right before that too. That it, it just the way the schedule lays out that it's like feels super early. For your last home game. By the way, also against Oklahoma. So you've got both Texas and Oklahoma coming to town for the last time. This season. And then you bring this up, oddly enough, May 31st is regionals. So you could almost go a month, maybe, without a home game. at the While the season continues. Well, that's a bit disappointing. That is a bit disappointing. But you kind of need to know that if you're planning trips out to Dan Lawfield and Rick Griffin Park. Go sooner rather than later, because there might not be a later for you. I see what you did there with sooner. Yes. So now for the better three, because, you know, you like know what you're talking about but, and stuff. But, I mean, if you look at it, Jeff, you got a road trip to Oklahoma State, and then you got a non-conference road trip to Arizona State where you'll play Arizona State and UNLV. Lots of good games. That's it. That's it. You just have six games after that. It's just, it feels super early. It might be. Might There's be also right. the Big 12 tournament in there, too, which is in Arlington. Correct. So, I mean, that that adds to the length of time before the Red Raiders could yeah. possibly be playing at home. But you knew you weren't going to get a big play in the Big 12 tournament at home. I mean, okay. we can dream. Okay, so, three things I think I know. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that everyone should be really excited about the depth in the lineup. Okay. It does feel like you've got a bunch of spots 
that are really, really good, both offensively and defensively for this team right now. I don't know exactly where they're going to hit, but I don't know if it's three, four, four, five, whatever. Three, four is my guess, but Bazell and Cash, I would imagine would be if you went across the country and you picked top 10, top 15, three, four combos in the country that they would be in that group, you know? Um, but I also, I think, you know, guys that you have added to the mix and, you know, and Cade McGee over at third base, who I think is going to lengthen the lineup. Your uh, TJ Pompey, if he's the starting shortstop, he can really hit, was one of your best hitters in the fall. Um, I just think they're um, guys that Bravo and Woodcox that are going to take that next step and, uh, if Harrelson does the same thing, who we should see playing most days in center field, I just think you know, Tracer Lopez moving to second base, who was, who showed really good things for you last year at the play. I, I just, I think this is a lineup that can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Okay. And that's good because your mm-hmm. ballpark plays to that. Yep. Uh, we have seen time and time again uh, of large offensive production numbers, even from teams that I mean I wouldn't get, like. Good had a lot of power, but there were a lot of guys around him too. Sure, that could yeah. pop it out of Dan Law Field or Rickerman Park almost at will at times. Yeah, I remember twenty sixteen, Goot was hitting sixth in the lineup. Tells yeah. you how deep that lineup yeah. was, no doubt. All right, number two, and this one may be even more um, important. I feel like you've got the most pitching depth that you have had coming into a season since twenty twenty. That's some high praise. So 2020, obviously, you were really good, and and then COVID happened, and yeah. and um, and this year, or, or yeah, in the last couple of years, you've had some good depth, and then lost it with injuries. Even some before, of it before the season yeah, started, most of it, or man, money of it before the season started. So, I think as of right now, you feel like there are more guys, maybe not as high end talent as some other years. But I think there's a lot more depth to it. So I think that's a good thing. All right. Okay. Third thing. So is I think most people have probably heard, if you're a Red Raider baseball fan, Kevin Bazell is moving from third base to catcher. Okay? And if you read articles, D1 Baseball and other places, they will tell you that Kevin Bazell is taking over because Hudson White left for Arkansas. Okay? That is not correct. Let me be clear. Okay? Hudson White left for Arkansas because Kevin Bazell was taken over at catcher. Yeah. Kevin Bazell did not move from third to catcher because Hudson White left. My guess is that Hudson White was told Kevin Bazell was going to be the catcher. There's no question he was the most talented catcher on the roster last year, but you needed him at third base. Right. So any thought that... That, oh, you're he's filling in, or they had to go to plan B. This was not plan B. Kevin Bazell is the better catcher. And Hudson White left because he knew he wasn't going to be the everyday catcher. If it went the other way around, catcher to third, I'd almost see it as a possibility because you've got to have good corners for your infielders. The defensive, you're all four spots in the infield have to be decent. But playing the hot corner specifically... You don't move from the hot corner to catcher unless you're a phenomenal catcher. Yeah. That's not that's not a move yeah. you go. You will be better behind the plate this year. And I liked Hudson White a lot. 
but I think Kevin Bazell is a better defender and also a better hitter. This has been the Bottom Line Podcast from 100.7 The Score. Go to 100-7thescore.com for more from the Double T Sports Network.